This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. It's my honor to bring Rachel Adams on the podcast. Rachel is the wife of Trey Adams, head football coach for the ECS Eagles in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Thank you for having me. Now there's so many fun topics to get into. We start with the stats. Coach Adams is in his third year as a head coach at ECS. In his first season, Coach Adams went undefeated, marching into the fourth round of the playoffs and winning a state title. Then last season, another trip to the playoffs, going three rounds in postseason play. When you hear stats thrown out like that, what stands out to you as to why Coach Adams is getting guys to perform at such a high level? I think, honestly, he just does such a good job of getting his kids to buy into his program. Um, you probably hear that a lot, but he he does something special to them, and he can get them to work hard through a game that they're losing the entire time or to work hard through a game that they're winning the entire time. Um, he holds them accountable, and he loves them so well and so I think um, you know they want to play for their teammates they want to take care of each other and they want to play for him and um, it's really neat to see that displayed on the field. That has to be um, make you very proud as a wife now this coach's wife life that you live did you see it coming where did you grow up and did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? No. No, <laughs> last thing on my mind. Um, so I actually grew up in Austin um, until I was 11, and we moved to Memphis um, in '98. So I have been here ever since. So I'm a I'm a Memphis native now, I, I guess. But um, no, I mean I've I've always been involved in sports, but um, never did I see myself as a coach's wife. But um, the Lord leads you and in strange and mysterious ways. And then you're like, huh, this was right for me. So that's true. Um, <laughs> we, we love, we love this life. How did you meet coach Trey Adams? So we met in college. Um, we had a ton of mutual friends and it was um, towards the end of college that we really started hanging out um, almost every day, just as, as a friend group. And it kind of got to that awkward stage was like do we try this do we not um and he loves the part of the story where I asked myself out on a date and uh, we we went and saw the the Doobie Brothers at Live at the Garden um and the rest is history we were together ever since that was in 2009 so wow um yeah it's it's been a lot of fun. Now, where did you go to college? Uh, we both went to University of Memphis, and um, then he did a short time down in Delta State. Awesome. Do you have children now? We do. We have three boys. Another thing I did not see coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One, to have three children, um, and two, to have all boys. So we have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a three-year-old. 
and they are um, thick as thieves and all you can handle and uh, <laughs> keep me on my toes. <laughs> now, do you work outside the home right now? What do you enjoy doing? I do. I, I work for a healthcare company um, and we actually provide oxygen and ventilators. So um, what we do has been pretty important lately um, for our community. So um, it's been an honor to be a part of that. And um, I also do a little bit of side um, fun things for my boss. He's uh, recently invested in a a sports facility called Perfect Seven. And so um, the facility will be able to host youth sports events here in Memphis. And um, so we're just getting that off the ground and, and that's been a lot of fun to be a part of. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Okay, let's talk game day. What's a home game look like for you? What time do you get to the stadium? Home game or away game. We have a really sweet tradition here at ECS. So on Thursdays, Trey gets to be a part of um, Chalk Talk Walk, and that's when any parents can come and hear about the game from the previous week and then what to look forward to for the coming week. And then they also get lunch and then um, a little devotional from one of the football dads that volunteers and, and does that throughout the season. So um, that's a really special time on Thursdays, and, and the parents love it. They get to see film and get to see coach talk through it so that's really that's neat. really cool yeah and then Friday mornings um the moms get together and they have a time of prayer on the field they'll pray through the injury list and um just you know a hedge of protection over both teams that are going to play that night and um they walk the field and just pray over each of the boys um and that you know, all that they do would glorify God and how they play and, and their actions um, on the field. So wow. that's a very, very sweet time. And then getting to the actual game. So me and the three boys and then um, whoever's coming with us, my parents, his parents, we get there at about 630. We have an amazing concession stand, um, best in the city. And they make burgers and hot dogs and sausage and cheese plates and bologna sandwiches and um french fries that you'll crave you know <laughs> all off season because you just want more so we get there we have dinner and then um you know the kids being the ages they are they just they run and play and and I try to just watch over the fence um while keeping an eye on them and then third quarter is our our candy time so we go sit and we eat candy and we watch the game <laughs> hopefully we can stay seated for fourth quarter but um sometimes that doesn't always work out <laughs> they got to get up candy, third again, quarter so. candy okay uh team Murgle here is going to implement that that sounds like a great tradition <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> it gets them to sit I mean it may sugar them up a little late but it gets them to sit for just a little bit yes you have three boys under the age of seven last year would have been like six right so you had a lot you had to come up with some ideas right. so do you go to the away games I guess they're they're somewhat local unless you're going up to Nashville right yes um yes we try to go to all the away games um there was one game, I can't remember which year it was, and I think it was last year in Mumford, and it was pouring down rain. So we skipped out on that one. But we usually um, hop in the car, and, and we'll go wherever the team goes. And the farthest we travel is about three hours, and, and that's probably like once a season. So it's not too bad. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're there. Do you have any fun traditions after a win? So we really don't have any uh, things that we do just for a win, but after every game, win or loss, um, the boys on the team, after coach talks to them and they walk to the stands, wherever our side is, home or away, and they sing victory in Jesus. They hold mm-hmm. up their helmets and um, it's just a really special time. And, you know, and sometimes it's loud and, and bold and cheerful. And sometimes, I mean, they're holding back tears because mm-hmm. it's been a hard game. And um, it's, it's a really sweet, sweet tradition. And, uh, and then afterwards we get to go on the field and, and hug daddy. So we love oh, doing that's that. Neat. That's neat. Um, I like this question next and I ask it on every podcast and it's just, I don't know, you get to really share about your family and what you've been through. And we all know that, you know, you've won your husband has a state title ring and you've seen the highs of the epitome of coaching football, but not every day is like that. Um, what do you think has been the toughest adversity that you both have faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? We have faced having a sick child. Uh, I know a lot of people have, have had that. So, um, Hayes, he is our middle one. He's four. And, um, he was born, he came fast and furious. There was no time for my doctor to get there. No time for an epidural. He, he came out full throttle. Um, Mm. and he's been full throttle ever since, but he was born with a virus called CMV and I'll spare you the, the medical terminology because I can't even pronounce it correctly, but it's, um, it's a somewhat common virus that babies can get when they're in utero and, um, it can cause a wide range of side effects to them. If the mother doesn't have the antibodies, which I did not have, um, at the time that I was pregnant with him. So, um, you know, as we researched it and learned more from our doctors, we are very thankful for the outcome that um, was ours for him, which is profound sensory neural hearing loss in his right ear and conductive hearing loss in his left ear. Um, there were a few other little scares right at the beginning. They said he had a, a small head, um, just called microcephaly, and then he had a couple of cysts on his brain. Wow. Um, but he, those are, that's just fine. It's, it's not an issue, um, this current day. So we're very thankful for that, but, um, it was scary. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had a very healthy pregnancy and Mm -hmm. my doctor was even surprised that this happened. So, um, he was in the NICU for seven days. He, uh, had a platelet transfusion and we only had certain times of the day that we could um, touch him and hold him because he needed to, to stay under the, the billy lights and, um, and just let his body begin to heal from this virus. So um, I'll never forget the hours, nine, one, five, and nine. That was around the clock when we could, we could hold him. And, mm-hmm. and we were there scrubbed in, gowned, gloved, um, everything else. And so um, it it was an experience that at the time, you know, you feel so broken and um, defeated and kind of like, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, But now being where he is today, he's four. And um, I kind of get to reflect 
on our journey and I kind of get to see all these broken pieces that I thought were broken mm-hmm. um, that the Lord used as a, a path for us to get closer to him. Um, they weren't broken pieces. They were little parts of a whole and we get to see that whole now, mm-hmm. um, which has been amazing. So we um, had the opportunity to have him at a wonderful school um, about a mile from our house in Germantown called Memphis Oral School for the Deaf. And he was there for three school years. He um, received speech therapy every day, um, oral hab every day, and um, very intentional learning in the classroom and the very, very small classroom sizes. Um, they have audiologists on site. And so, um, you know, just having early intervention with him um, at all levels, really, um, not just with his hearing, but physically. And when he was very young, trying to learn to walk, um, he couldn't. He would sit down and he'd fall straight back. Um, he was very wobbly when he stood up. And so we've had um, an amazing team that has been part of our life and they continue to be even though they're not um, having to work directly with Hayes anymore but from developmental therapists to um, to his teachers to the doctors down at Le Bonner, they they have just been a huge blessing to us so he worked really hard his three years at the oral school mm-hmm. and this year he was able to mainstream um, to ECS, and he is in the pre-K there. Um, he and his two other brothers, so all three are together for the first time at school, which is a huge win for Mama. Yes, um, yes. one drop off, right? It's <laughs> life changing, yes. and one pickup. So, um, yeah, it's it's been um, a very very sweet, very hard journey. And, um, you know, and I've said this before, the Lord has worked in very mysterious ways to use us for other people. Um, we have now been able to connect with about three or four other families that either have experienced hearing loss or have experienced CMB. And we've been able to just shepherd them through this and let them know, okay, here's what the next doctor's appointment is going to look like. Um, I had to speak to a mom who I'd never met and she is crying on the phone. And I had to tell her that her one week old baby was about to have an eye appointment that doesn't hurt, but it's really scary to be a part of, to see what they have to do to make sure their vision is clear. And um, so I I had the chance to talk to her about that and and many other appointments that follow that one. Um, So it's been being able to be on this side of it, you know, a few years in has been really, truly awesome. Um, so I, and I just can't wait to see how else we can help others in our community with, with the same thing. Wow. What a powerful story. If you think about your whole pregnancy in terms of you didn't expect this to happen, this wasn't an expected thing. And all of a sudden now you're dealing with something that you didn't bring on yourself and it's hard to go through and it's unfair and all the things you can think of at night and you, and you worry about all these things. Right. And then you, you look to go, God is, is taking, he's carried us through this. How has it changed your outlook on life 
and your view of God and how he takes care of his people? Well, I, I mean, I think the perfect um, example of that is Moses. You know, Moses didn't feel adequate enough to go and carry those people out of Egypt. You know, he said he was slow to speak, which I think was kind of sweet because, you know, Hayes has been slow to speak and, mm. uh, and he is, and Hayes is being called to, I don't want to say the word perform, but maybe that's the best word to perform at the level of, um, you know, what, a, a what we think is a normal child. Um, and Moses was expected to perform and to do this task that was like overwhelming and, um, and the Lord carried him through that. And the Lord has carried us through that. And, you know, you say in your faith that you trust in the Lord, which we did. We absolutely did prior to Hayes. But now it's a trust that um, we never really could feel until we had this experience with Hayes. I mean, we literally, you, you can't put a Band-Aid on what he was born with you can't Mm -hmm. mommy can't fix it and that was the hardest thing was that I just I couldn't fix it and I still struggle with that um but I'm not supposed to be able to fix it and handing it over to the Lord and letting him carry us through and and seeing the ways he can use this story to help others that's what it's all about just Mm -hmm. loving our people loving people you don't even know um and helping them get through hard times there's plenty of harder than, than what we've seen and experienced, but um, this was our hard and being thankful for the hard is challenging, but it's something that um, we're learning more and more ways to be thankful for the hard because really it's, it's good. It's really good. Wow. Your view is just powerful. Just to hear you talk about that is just absolutely powerful. Now I can tell that you've made some things priority in your life. Eight years of being a coach's wife and the past three of being a head coach's wife. There's some things that you, you sound disciplined. There's things that you've had to handle. So what's one thing you would say you are just glad you made a priority in your life? Well, you know, it's nothing extravagant, but um, it is my priority with our family. And that is to sit down at the dinner table. The TV is off. The phones are away. Um, and we eat and whether we're eating, you know, something super delicious or five minute raviolis, (laughs) we're sitting down and, and we're talking and we're just listening to the boys, um, you know, kind of banter with each other and, and just talk about fun things they want to do. And, and we get to share stories about Trey and I to them. Um, you know, during football season, it's much harder to sit down as a family, at the dinner table. So, you know, I still make it a point for me and the three boys to sit down and talk and, um, and it's just really sweet. And, and sometimes we'll be able to FaceTime Trey in, you know, I'm not a huge technology person, but that piece of technology has um, been a really great way to stay connected during football season. This would be a tough question. You're very um, humble, I can tell. So you're not going to like it, but you're going to have to get over it. Okay, so you're the backbone of a very successful coach. What are some things you have done or tried to do that has contributed to the success of his career and your lives as a family? You're right. I don't like it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I knew you wouldn't like this question. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it's just, it it falls into... 
um, your marriage and the trust you have and the love you have in your marriage. Um, I know that he would rather be home with the boys and I, but he also has, we have this football family. We have, you know, over 60 kids on this team that um, they adore Coach Adams. And so trusting that the decisions he's making, um, the time he's spending away, it's for the benefit of all of us. And, um, you know, he seeks out the Lord in making those decisions. And he also seeks out some of his mentors that um, have helped him when he just kind of needs to to share things and not keep them in. So, yeah. um, you know, we both love this team so much. And to see the long-term effect that it can have in a kid's life, whether they're playing and starting or not, just being a part of it. Um, I mean, he still gets phone calls now from when he was assistant coach back, you know, in his first or second year. And the kids are like, thank you. Thank you for being hard on me. Thank you for the time you spent away from your family with us because um, they're able to make some better choices now. You know, our business is so different than other people's lives and there's good and there's bad to that. But, you know, if your husband is, you know, lost a business deal or, um, you know, just something that happened at work, it's not public knowledge, but everything that yours does, it could be out there at any point, you know, you lose to whatever team it is, or, you know, somebody didn't perform well and everything just kind of feels like you're living in this fishbowl. Right. And so it can be, they're, they're holding up this entire program or they're, you know, some wives or assistant wives and they're part of this. And it's just, you know, the wife can be such a great support to her husband in terms of just keep helping him stay encouraged. Cause it's just, there's not a lot of people that do what we do. And so what do you say to him in those moments, maybe after a loss or something like that? I remind him of those phone calls that he gets from players um, that are, you know, in their first or second years of college and um, whether they're playing college ball or not, I mean, they call and, and they thank him for being hard on them and, and he is, he's hard on them, um, but he loves them harder than, mm-hmm. than being, um, you know, holding them accountable. So he, he really just has to be reminded that his truth um, uh, as a man, as a man of God, those are, those are which are what are true and what he needs to stick with. Um, Cause you do, you get it from parents, you get it from the kids and, you know, being at a high school, being at a smaller high school, it's very tight knit. Um, you know, it's probably a very different parent involvement than at the college level. And while there isn't not parent involvement at college level, I think it's different. And mm-hmm. they see more. So, um, you know, just reminding him of those truths of himself and of the program that he is building. And, um, you know, it's better when we lose sometimes because it can make them better for the next game or for that big life decision that they're going to have to make when they're 24 years old. So um, it's not all about wins and losses, but I mean, a gold ball is nice. I I will say that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as a head coach's wife, what are some of the things you enjoy doing for your staff? Well, food is my love language. So um, anytime you want to, 
Hey, anytime you want to drop off a cupcake, I will eat it right there. <laughs> um, but I, I really try to um, provide a meal for the coaches' wives um, throughout the season. Last year was hard, um, just given the, the pandemic. But um, this year, I'm, I'm making my way through the list. So uh, chicken spaghetti and pork tenderloin is, is up for this year. And um, we try to have a kickoff at the beginning of the season with the wives and the children and they all come over and just you know run havoc on the house get all the toys out (laughs) play all the games outside and um we just eat and laugh and we are kind of in that calm state before um, busy season of school and and their children's own sports kick in and and we can't connect as much um we have a lot of wives that that do work full-time so um, we've not been able to yet host a consistent Bible study or, or do anything like that. Um, but we find different ways to to connect, and, and we hang out on Friday nights, of course. So that's very fun. Do you have a coach's wife mentor? You know, I do not. Um, I probably should find one. But I do have <laughs> some very, very sweet ladies that um, are involved with football at different uh, in different capacities. So. Um, one is actually a player's mom, and um, one, her husband is our head of school, but he was also the chaplain for University of Memphis football team for a while. So they've been, they've seen the ins and outs of football, and um, so she's been a, a great uh, person to lean on. And then um, one is just a neighbor down the street. Um, they are also involved in ECS, and her husband does the live stream on Friday nights for our games. So um, I kind of get to I have these these very sweet women that um, see the football at different areas and levels. And um, I'm so thankful for those three women to, to be in our life. Now you talk about just the close knit community and you've already described some things that the involvement that you have. But there are anything that you haven't mentioned that just the practical ways that um, you guys just show the players that they mean so much to your family. We always tell them we have an open door at our home so uh, a few of them will come and just stop by and see the kids and they'll throw football with them in the driveway um a couple times they've come over and I've cooked dinner for them and um because of our our small school and um the ability to be a part of many different things um the boys can be in our theater programs or they can play a spring sport or um be a part of you know really a number of clubs so we'll go to those theater programs and and try to attend some of their spring sport events and you know just show them that it's not just football you know football is the means and the avenue that the lord has given us to connect with you but we love you on a a much greater scale so i love that pretty cool very cool i love that you're supporting them in other aspects of their life very cool I don't think, I think that I've had maybe 80 guests on this podcast. I don't think anybody's ever said that. I just love that. That's really, really special. Um, Oh, awesome. I know. So what are some things you try to do to stay connected um, to Coach Adams during the season? I know it's incredibly hard. Can you fit in a date night? How do you guys manage this? Well, um, (laughs) Yeah, it is incredibly hard. And I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we FaceTime a lot. And I'm very thankful for that technology because it has 
just been able to keep him connected um, to me and to the boys and um, just kind of see them being silly in the kitchen after school or, um, you know, if we're out of the sports practice, he can concede Tate Walker, our oldest, running around. Um, we say no to a lot of things um, as far as, you know, being invited out somewhere because if we have a night where we can just all be home as a family, you will find us in the backyard and then on the couch with popcorn and, mm-hmm. and we are just hanging out. Um, we're very much so homebodies. So it, that's, that's kind of just our special place. And, and we just get that quiet time together. You are serving a lot of people. You're serving uh, your family, this community. You don't sound like you get a lot of downtime. So hypothetically, <laughs> what do you enjoy doing? <laughs> So if I did have downtime, <laughs> what um, would that be like? What would that look like? I have a degree in interior design. So um, while I don't work in any realm near that, I love to create and just paint. I mean, it's such a brainless outlet for me. So I would probably pick up painting. Um, I do like to exercise. Um, right now, my exercise is just chasing children, <laughs> and that seems to be doing the trick. So um, I don't go to a workout facility, but I probably would do that too. Um, so yeah, painting and working out. There you go. I like it. Okay, so what do you say is the most rewarding aspect to you about being a coach's wife? We, you know, Trey and I, we've got servants' hearts, and um, and and that also is kind of one of our love languages. So being able to serve um, and love on the families that are part of this program is such an honor and a treat. Um, you know, I get to, to love on the senior moms that are watching their boys sometimes play their, their very last season of football. And then I get to know the, the new families that are coming up and they're, you know, excited and nervous. And um, it's just, it's an amazing community and, and world to be a part of. And, um, you know, we get to be a part of some of the hard things that the kids go through. Sometimes they don't make the best decisions a lot of times. And so just loving them well through that. Um, and then knowing, you know, what we have to look forward to with our three. <laughs> Little peek behind the curtain. Yes, there. yes, right. <laughs> They're already preparing you for how you're going to handle some of these situations. Uh-huh. Very good, very good. Well, this has been incredible. All right, rapid fire questions. These are fun. You ready? I'm ready. What's the last book you have read? Okay, so I'm not a huge reader, but I did just finish two, which I was so proud. Um, News of the World and Seated with Christ. So highly recommend Seated with Christ um, by Heather Holliman. News of the World, easy, easy read. You just need something brainless to do. Nice. Coach surprises you. Walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? George Strait. There you go. He said, God's on the loudspeakers when George Strait comes on. (laughs) You got a night alone. What show are you binge watching? Yellowstone. And we cannot wait for the next season. I know. What's your go-to meal to cook? Okay. So the season of life we're in, um, it's spaghetti, quesadillas, and Instapot meals. Oh, Instapot meals. Okay. I need one of those. What sport? Can you beat Coach Adams in? 
So he thinks that I can beat him in soccer, which is what I played in high school. Um, I, I think he's lying. So <laughs> I think <laughs> we usually play sofa basketball. We've got a little basketball hoop um, nailed to our wall in the playroom, and we'll sit there and, and just shoot hoops. And, you know, once you get the right flick of the wrist, it just goes in every time. So <laughs> oh, I can I beat him in sofa basketball. Nice. <laughs> If Coach Adams weren't a football coach, what would he be? He would probably be something in finance. He's really good with numbers, which I think is why he's good with X's and O's. He's very analytical. So, um, yeah, something in finance. What's one thing non-tech you can't live without? Oh, this is easy. My day planner. I cannot keep up with things in the phone. I need to write it on paper. And I need to highlight it and I need to white it out and move it around. You're my people. You're my people. I have to have a physical calendar. Okay, I love it. Uh If you had a superpower, what would it be? Well, the boys love The Incredibles right now. um, And they call me Elastigirl. And they call Trey um, Mr. Incredible. So I'd have to just say I'd be Elastigirl because then I could... (laughs) stretch out my arms and my legs and I could catch them, you know, before they run in the street or, you know, when they're going too fast on their bike. (laughs) I can bring them back. I love it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing with us. This has been incredible. Thank you for having me. It really is an honor to be a part of this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Briller-Hope or online at BrillerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.